Welcome to our fireside. This is Call It What It Is podcast with Rachel and Juliana. This week, we begin our tales. We begin to transcend. Begin to transcend. This week, we begin <laughs> our story. <laughs> um, welcome. We should begin with a tale. Put on your listening ears, for this is a yes. good one. Come one, come all, lend thy ear to this troublesome tale. Hither, hither, and beware, for this plague travelled swiftly through air. Matters of mucus and bile, of sprained ankles and dancers left frail. This beast left but a few standing, yet sleeping beauty must prevail. A crisp Wednesday morning, the beast did arrive. While a mere three were taken at first, many continued to thrive. At last, one by one, the villagers fell. The director's inbox continued to swell. Tick-tock, tick-tock, the hours passed by. The beasts had their immune systems compromised. The nights were long. The days even longer. The villagers lay idle in their beds and tried their best to get stronger. With libations of nausea bracelets and Pedialyte present, the beast's grip began to loosen on thy peasants. Back to the bars they soon did trudge, knowing their appetites would not budge. Listen here, children, and listen up good. Heed this warning, this must be understood. Wash thy hands and mask thou mug, for this plague shall not be mistaken for some ordinary bug. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> welcome back. Ah! It's been a week, people. It has been... I'm sorry. I'm, it's been a three-week period of trials and tribulations. But welcome to our fireside. Yes. Um, here you can unwind. <laughs> and listen to sip our tales. Sit back. Sip something warm. Uh, yeah, so basically we're just... Uh, we wrote a poem for this episode because... We had a trying week, mm-hmm. and there was something called the norovirus. Yes, the norovirus basically took the entire company out. Um, what began on a crisp Wednesday morning. That's what we were talking about, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is your update. Welcome back. We're giving you the update. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Should I silence the fireplace? Yeah, I think we, we have enough of the silence of the fireplace. <laughs> Anyway, it's been a week. Um, we finished our shows. We wrapped our shows that the boyfriends attended. If you listened mm-hmm, to the last mm-hmm. episode and heard about, um, we wrapped our shows on Saturday or Sunday, Sunday night, and then we had Monday off, and then we began again with rehearsals for Sleeping Beauty. 
seems like every company right now is rehearsing Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. It seems to be the trendy one this season. But um, we started back on Tuesday, and then Wednesday morning, I woke up and I was like, I feel nauseous, and I Mm -hmm. just want to stay in bed. I'm not going to work. Mm -hmm. And then shortly after, I learned that I was not the only one that emailed my director that morning. She, our director responded with them. Unfortunately, you're not the only one to be out today. Feel better. Um, feel better soon. And I was like, uh oh, what does that mean? <laughs> and then I started receiving texts like, you're not the only one out today. Like every, everybody's getting sick or something like that. So mm-hmm. we're all starting to like get nervous. Um, but yeah, I had, I, what I think is the neurovirus. It was absolutely awful. I was violently puking my guts out. Sorry, trigger warning. Um, I was violently puking my guts out for really just a day, but I wasn't able to eat for like two and a half days. And like, I was just terribly nauseous, really exhausted. I was in and out of sleep and consciousness for three days. I'm still kind of recovering. We took class today. Um, I took class today and I couldn't make it. I made it past like Tondu's and center and then I was out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was down and then there were two other people down on Wednesday. And then by the end of the day, there was a fourth mm-hmm. and a fifth. And then the next day happened and there were like two more. And the next day happened, there were three more. Eventually, yeah. by Friday, there were only, what, six people in rehearsal? Yeah, only six people came. And if we didn't get the norovirus. Yeah, there was something else going around that me and Alex both had. Like congestion coughing aches and body aches and chills like fever just like all the other type of it must have been like the flu or something because or just common cold yeah i think for me it was just a common cold like it was either that or a sinus infection i don't know something like that um but it for me it started like tuesday morning i woke up my throat was kind of sore and it was just like i was trying to fight it off like while still going like every day i'd like come home and just like pass out i was like struggling to get through the day and then by friday i was like i because i had an audition this weekend i was like i need the day off like i'm i'm really struggling i'm coughing up like so much mucus um yeah, and then I had to go to New York this weekend after, like, fighting the week to try and get better. I was feeling better Saturday morning. Me and two other girls who also were sick had growing up. Yeah, had the plague that we talked about. They came with. They were finally feeling good enough. And we stayed at this amazing apartment, by the way. Um, Whose? It was Chloe's cousin's apartment. Mm-hmm. They have a vacation home in New York in Soho, three bedroom, three and a half, three and a half bath vacation apartment. Yeah. It's insane. Like beautiful. Um, think like Black Mirror, like the type of nice apartment they would live in. Super modern. Um, all very like, um, I'm trying to think of the color palette, like sand. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Neutrals. Um, so that was really fun. And then, but all night I was like up coughing and just like not feeling great. Um, and then (laughs) in the middle of the night, I went to go get water and they had like a spout in the sink that like, you know, you get filtered water out of. Well, I, in the light didn't see that there was a hot and a cold. So I just like turned it on and it's boiling water that comes out of it. I stuck my finger under there to feel if. You know, the water was cold. It wasn't. It was boiling hot. I burned my thumb in the middle of the night. 
So I was putting cold water on it, and then I remembered, you know what I have? That burn victims use second skin, luckily. Mm. So I had to, like, cover my thumb in second skin. It was, like, pulsating. Yeah. my God. It's not a fun night for you. Wasn't the best audition either. Yeah. And then trek, the long trek home. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, we so we're in Providence, but the Amtrak trains are like two hundred dollars to go in and out of the city, or two hundred plus dollars. Well, yeah, I didn't even take the Amtrak. I've well, been, I'm just saying for com- oh for comparison, for, for comparison yeah. yeah. So the option is like either you can Amtrak or you can drive, but parking in New York is a bitch. So, well, what I do is I drive to Connecticut, which is a two hour drive. Yeah, I drive to Fairfield, Connecticut, and then I take the MTA into Grand Central Station. So it ends up still being like like three and a half hour trip probably. What do you think how much like how much do you think total that is? Because the ticket price is it thirty or is it like it's twenty seven round trip. It's twenty seven round trip plus like what, ten bucks for gas? Um if you split gas three ways with like that many people it was three ways so yeah it was like ten dollars for each person because it takes about a full tank of gas yeah so it's about a forty dollar trip instead of 200 so look into your options for going back and forth um from new york if you're auditioning currently um but yeah you also forgot to mention that we have you also you forgot to mention that covid also popped in there for a second oh yeah one person got covid and then another person got covid this morning or tested positive for covid yeah so so double down on your vitamin C and your zinc and your good teas and whatever drugs you need to get yourself yeah, through. Yeah, just like, yeah, Mucinex, baby, cough drops. Yeah. I brought my own box of Kleenex to the studio today because my nose that yesterday was running so much. It was rubbed like raw. It was like all red. Mm. So I was like, I have to use the tissues that are like plus lotion. <laughs> the puffs? Yeah. Aww. Yeah, it's I been was a like bit of a... like the person in the Puffs commercial. It's a little pink little yeah. nose. Aww, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been it's been a tough um, couple of days. Yeah. Did you do anything else besides that this weekend? Um, besides trying to survive? No. I mean, we got to... Me and Fiona, one of the girls I was with, we got to get um, lunch with a friend that danced with the festival last year. And that was fun. Um, it's always like we got, we had a great Italian dinner in New York. Where'd you go? We went to this restaurant. I can't remember what it was called, but it was like right down the street from um, the place we were staying. Oh, nice. In Soho. Mm-hmm. In oh, Soho. Lovely. How about you? Anything else fun this weekend other than regaining strength? Um. Yeah. So, Graham and I, um, my boyfriend, my new boyfriend. Oh. Bless oh. you. Oh, okay, hold on. <laughs> we'll take a pause. Okay, we're back. Um, so this Graham weekend, and you. Yes, Graham and I, we wanted to do something fun because he had just been like visiting me and somehow he didn't get sick. Lucky him. His immune mm-hmm. system must be stronger than mine. Um, but he had just been like coming over and kind of like hanging out. Mm-hmm. So I was like, let's. He was also just being really, really nice and taking care of me. So I was like, can I just take you out? Can I, look, let's go do something. Let's go do something fun. So we decided we wanted to go bowling because. Fun. Yeah. He's kind of a superstar when it comes to bowling. The last <laughs> time we went, did you, were, were you um, with us? Oh, you weren't with us. It was, it was pretty wild. He won by like a hundred points compared to 
everybody else there. It was ridiculous. It was like we were slaughtered. (laughs) Um, So we decided to go someplace nearby. And for some reason, that spot was, um, it was a snow day. So I think just a lot of people wanted to do something fun that evening instead of staying in. So it was just totally overbooked. And so the wait was like an hour and a half. We're like, okay, let's go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Close. There was something six minutes away that was really much more of like a locals only spot. Mm-hmm. Like we walked in and nothing had been updated since the nineties or not oh. even the nineties. Honestly, it was like late eighties. Wow. Um, and they had miniature bowling pins. They weren't like a quarter of the size of regular pins, but they were like, I'd say 40% smaller. Really? And I remember him telling me this is kind of like a New England thing. And they had small balls, too. Like, bocce size balls. Uh-huh. So we kind of went miniature You bowling. felt like you were a giant? I just felt weird. <laughs> There's no holes to put your fingers in. What so, kind of bowling is this? Is this called something else? I don't know. I'm not sure. Huh. But um, it was fun. It was cute. We did that. You, Yeah. Oh, maybe it's called duck pin bowling. It might be called duck pin bowling. Potentially. Anyway, we played. Balls are really small in diameter. Oh, yeah, yeah, that looks about right. I think duck pin bowling is what we did. So you went duck pin bowling. I went duck pin bowling. We did that, and we played, we played like two rounds. He won both. Um... Then we played some arcade games that were just, like, totally outdated. Like, one of them was, like, one of, like, the Terminator ones where you have a gun and you're supposed to shoot. You're supposed to shoot the robots. Uh-huh. And both of our, like, like you know when you have, like, a laser coming out mm-hmm. where it shows you where you're, like, pointing? Uh-huh. The sensor was way off. <laughs> like, by, like, five inches. So, like, I couldn't figure out why I wasn't getting anything. And then I looked to where, like, the bullets were hitting. And it was, like, five inches above where I was aiming and to the right. It was ridiculous. So that was kind of silly and fun. And we did that. Um, And then we played pool. He taught me some tricks. I did pretty well. We played, like, four rounds of that. Nice. Lots of games. Yeah. And then we called it a night shortly after. We got some east side pockets, late-night Mediterranean food. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a nice evening. But then the day after, I think that wore me out. Yeah. Because I got home at, like, 11.30. And then... Like, I went out and got Starbucks, came back home, didn't even touch my cold brew, fell asleep for two hours. Wow. And I woke, like, I couldn't even, like, keep myself awake Uh because I was still just so exhausted. And I was feeling good at that point. I was like, I'm regulating, like, I'm starting to feel better, but it's just ridiculous how much the exhaustion and, like, dehydration just gets you. Yeah. No, I totally feel that. Like, that's how I was with Saturday. I thought I was fine. And then... Being in the cold, too. Yeah. It just really is not great for your immune system if it's already down. Oh, my gosh. Um, And then, like, even today at ballet, I mean, it was really bad for you. But, like, even for me, I was just like, oh, my gosh. Like, I need to, like, sit down. Yeah, I was surprised like, so a lot of people were, like, out. making it through. Um, And, like, I'm ex- so excited. Like, I feel like I could go to bed for the night right now. I, I ended up just kind of, like, standing around and watching, so I didn't do much activity. Yeah. <clears throat> that was kind of part of it. I'm, like, really trying not to overdo it so that I survive the week. Because, mm-hmm. like, even in class, like, after I finished, I think I made it up to, like, attitude, like, audit on turns. Uh-huh. Um, and I stepped out for a second because I was just, like, I need – we were also masked up, and I we haven't been yeah. masking previously, so I just needed to catch some air. Um, 
And I, like, started to feel, like, the exhaustion set in my legs. Uh-huh. It was, like, kind of painful. And I was like, okay, this is it. I need to, like, just be done for the day. Because yeah. if I push it any further, like, I'm out. I'm out for the rest of the week. So, <clears throat> yeah, I was done after that. Just, like, wiped out emotionally and mentally. So, yeah. I'm surprised, like, some other people, like, our friend, you know, Clay. The podcast knows Clay. Clay was wearing two nausea bracelets on his wrist just yeah. as a precaution because he had been feeling it so Do you intensely. think those work? I have no idea. I've never worn one. I don't know either. It seemed to work for him and a few other people. So Other people were wearing them? I think Nina got some oh. the other day. So Wow. But yeah, the nausea for the neurovirus is intense. Like it's just, it's nonstop. And it's like every time, like even if I would shift sides in bed, like I'd have to like adjust. Oh, that's just terrible. Yeah. And then just like... Vomiting is just not, it's not it. No, it sucks. It actually, and it's, it wasn't like a, like, ooh, I don't feel good. I'm going to go prep myself. It's like I had to get up and run. Yeah. And then it was like violent, like my stomach, you know, when you like, maybe I'm, I'm talking too much about this, but like my stomach felt like there was nothing left to give, but it was still uh, kind of doing dry that. heaving. I don't even, yeah. Okay, we'll stop I've been there, there before, <laughs> been there, done yeah. that, and it sucks. Yeah, so please. You're like, and that's, yeah, that's a case of bad dehydration, because, like, anything in your stomach just... Pedialyte. It was only Pedialyte that I had that day. I didn't eat a single thing because I couldn't. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, but I guess enough about being sick. Yeah. We're working on Sleeping Beauty. That's been going. <laughs> it's been going. Um... Well, I did have a suggestion. Um, oh, yeah? From the ladies I was with yesterday. They were like, you know, you should talk about, like, how um, what other sports, like, dancers are interested in. Because it's really interesting, like, different dancers, like... Like, watching? Watching or, like, playing. Okay. Like, we have Mamuka. He's, like, also um, an MMA fighter. Or, no, is it MMA? I don't know. Mixed martial arts. He does jujitsu too. Okay, yeah, mixed martial arts, and then, like, certain people are really into, like, watching, um, like, for instance, Fiona loves soccer. She loves her soccer, yeah. European soccer, to be. Yeah, and and we were just Football. talking about, and I love my golf. That's right, I forgot your golf girl. And I was telling them about how um, when you are driving a ball I think it's, like, very similar to, like, a pirouette in a way. And they were like, what? Like they, and they are like, you need to talk about this on the podcast. Um, yeah, what does driving a ball mean? So when you, like, first go up to, like, the first hole, for instance, um, the first time you hit the ball, it's, like, a drive. So you use your what's called a wood, your, like, driver to hit the ball, which is, like, the golf club with, like, the biggest. Oh, Biggest yes. head. Yeah, the biggest head. <laughs> um. <laughs> Come on, Biggest foot. I don't know what else to call it. Um, and then you, like, get into your stance, which, so then you put your ball on your, um, tee, which is the little thing you put into the grass. And then you put the ball on it. And then you have a stance you need to stand in, which I think is, like, your prep for your turn. Mm -hmm. So, like, your legs need to be a certain distance. And then you need a certain bend in them, just the right amount. It's your plie. Mm -hmm. And then you have your arms, the positions your arms are in. They can't be too locked. Your wrists need to be aligned. Everything, the grip, the way you're holding on to the actual club. And then the way you wind up, 
the way you prepare and the way you follow through. It's like, it just reminds me so much of like the way you set up for a pirouette because it's so precise. And then it's one of those things that like you can get really in your head about. Uh Uh-huh. Just like pirouette. Wait, so driving the ball is just hitting. The it's ball. the initial. It's when you hit it with um the the big head, the bigger the bigger clubs, the clubs that are like woods, far distances. Okay. But when you're you're like pitching it, you're just like hitting it high distance, but not for very far. And then you're putting, which is when you're just close to the hole. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. I learned something new today. Yeah, girlies, now you need to have a little bit of golf terminology to share with your boyfriends, or maybe you like golf too. Yeah. Um, I That's interesting. I mean, I know you're a golf girl. Do you watch any other sports, or do you care about any other sports? I, I watch – I like tennis. I like watching tennis, tennis because it's, yeah. like, really entertaining. Um, but I'm not, like, a fan where I'm, like, I know all of these people for, like, many sports. Oh. I do enjoy watching sports when it's, like, the time of year that they're at their peak, though. I'll say that. Like, in season. Yeah. March Madness. Mm-hmm. I like to participate in that. I want to do a bracket for the company this year where we all make brackets and we put in a bet. And so then whoever has the closest bracket wins the money. Wins the money. Yeah. Okay, we can see if we can get people to do that. Yeah. I feel like you also pay attention to IU sports. Yes. Not, like, just because of, like, college pride and, like, um, my boyfriend, Zach, as you guys know, he, like, is obsessed with, like, loves his college sports. Mm -hmm. So I have to know what's going on. Yeah. I'm similar. I think it's mainly, like, I mean, I don't. I watch football because it's on, like, the mm-hmm. NFL, but, um, like, the NFL, <laughs> I watch sports. Uh, but I, I do pay attention to Utah football, and I do yeah. root for them. And I went to the Rose Bowl, so I can say I'm a She went to the Rose Bowl, guys. I did. Um, and then also, like, gymnastics, because oh, Utah okay. has a fantastic gymnastics team. They have, like, two or three Olympic athletes on there, so. Mm-hmm, that's cool. I, I know when I, when I was at school, I would love going to those meets. Those were the most You fun. went to those meets? Yeah, cool. I went to. I've never really seen much gymnastics, Oh, my honestly. God. It's so exciting. It's so <laughs> exciting to see in person, to see them actually flip through the air. You're like, they all have their own little songs when they do the beam. Yeah. They'll play, like, calming songs for them. Oh. Yeah, it was something I didn't know they did. But, yeah, I do that. I I do enjoy tennis because my family enjoys tennis. So I know a lot of the names. And, like, oh, okay. summertime, I'm, I'm more into it because mm-hmm. just on the TV when I'm home all the time in Southern California. So I did watch um, – what's it? Breakpoint. <gasps> you did? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I told but, you about that. Yeah, okay. and I loved it, just like you said. Yeah. I like it. Do you have any favorites from the show? Um, I forget what his name is, but the American guy, that one with the girlfriend, Morgan. The one in, who's from SoCal? Yeah. Taylor Fritz. Taylor Fritz. I was just, like, so happy. Okay, because when he won, um, he was, like, struggling with his ankle and, like, he he was just like no I think I have to do it I just like have to do it and I like I like cried when he won like it was tears also came down my cheek to boost the significance it was like the first tennis tournament that his dad took him to and his dad played tennis and his like dad was his it's coach in his backyard kind of yeah so it was a big deal and he was playing against the top dog um, Federer Roger or sorry Nadal. Nadal in yeah. that game and that's that specific play, like, right in that specific specific match. 
No, that's not on clay. No, it wasn't on clay. That's on, um, yeah, just turf. Uh, normal. Normal tennis turf. Yeah, I enjoy tennis. I also, like, I, I enjoy watching, like, professional athletes do their jobs. Mm-hmm. Because they have so many, like, they're so highly skilled mm-hmm. and so good at what they do. It's remarkable. Like, I've, I've, like, I agree. What's the show you're talking about? Hard Knocks or something oh, like yeah, that? Oh, yeah, Hard Knocks. I think show. it's the one that I've watched, but I remember watching the one about, like, the Philadelphia Eagles, and then there was another one. It might not be the same show, but it's similar. Oh, it Last, Last Chance You or whatever. It's like... Uh, that doesn't sound... It sounded okay. like it was a game... I, I don't know. Okay. But they basically follow them through a season. It was the Carolina Panthers as well. And watching them train so yeah. specifically for... The one job that they have on the field is insane to me. Mm-hmm. Like we have to train in all styles. We have to be versatile at all times. Like contemporary, ballet, yeah, hip hop, modern. What you don't know what's who's going to come in these days for choreographers. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to like adapt and be open to all these <coughs> kinds of things. But they play specific positions, so they have to train very specifically to those positions. Like mm-hmm. if you're linebacker or something, you're doing tons. Of, I don't know all the technical terms, so. And then it's it's also so mental, like certain sports, especially yeah. just like tennis oh. and golf, um, remind me a lot of like dance in the way that like well, that's it's all on you. Yeah, we. I mean, like obviously you have the quarter ballet and like we work as a team in that way, but like you are um, an individual athlete in like ballet, just like they are, um, and it's just like mentally the precision that you need to have. I feel like. Your it can really affect your precision and your accuracy mm-hmm. in dance and in those two sports specifically. They came out with um a golf de- um thing on Netflix very Docu-series. similar. Docu-series. I was watching that the other day with Graham. Yeah. Um Did and you I was watch watching it? yeah, I've been watching it with Zach. Um <laughs> but it's I just it just is so interesting to me. That's why I love watching those because it's like inspiring motivating and also you're like they're just oh like it's us. cool to see that they're just like us yeah. yeah it's it's very inspiring that sense especially with like the tennis show, show too because that one is like like when you step on stage like that's the yeah. it's a very similar situation except i don't know it's it's really like the same thing like you're up against an opponent in tennis mm-hmm. hundreds and thousands millions of people watching you and it's just you on the court and it's just your performance mm-hmm. like that's what it comes down to it doesn't, it's nobody else. There's no help. There's no, like, nobody can cover anything up. Like, it's mm-hmm. only you. So if things start to go a little bit poorly, you can get in your head and, like, everything changes. So it's very interesting to see how they cope with the type of athletes and the type of performers yeah. that they are versus, like, how you are or how. Yeah. Like, do you feel like, I think about this sometimes, and I don't think I'm somebody who, like, gets on the stage and then, like, everything gets, you know, like, everything happens. Like, I'm pretty consistent in my performance so that when Mm -hmm. I step on stage, like I can give emotionally more than maybe I'm Mm -hmm. giving in the studio, but the steps are pretty much like they usually track with what I've been doing in the studio. Yeah. I mean, I don't feel like there's anything like magical that happens that makes me able to do. Well, some people like Annalisa, they balance for hours on stage and it's ridiculous. Yeah. I do think that I, there's this like, I don't, see as that much of a difference but I do think every once in a while I'll like get in my element and be like like it's called um your sense of flow like you get that in that flow state yeah on stage yeah and I don't get that in rehearsals really 
to the extent that I've experienced on stage because there's like this like difference I felt I feel like when you're on a stage with the stage lights that like tones everything else out so you yeah. don't but in rehearsals I'm still like oh more aware of like the smaller things mm-hmm. um I mean I have a sense of it like to a smaller scale but I've experienced it like to a really extreme scale and then it was like I don't know. I felt like I could play with things, and I was, like, very... That, that's a cool feeling. You know what I will say is there's kind of, like, a middle ground for me that I feel like I do good work in sometimes. <laughs> is, um, like, when it's your friends, like, people are watching, like, a run. So mm-hmm. it's, like, the big yeah. ballet, like, we're doing a full run. Yeah, yeah. suddenly definitely. everybody's watching, and it's not just, like, the one dance you've been rehearsing or the one role you've been rehearsing mm-hmm. with that one rehearsal director. It's everybody there and your director's... And your peers, which I think makes it even higher stakes for me, like, mm-hmm. because you know that they're rooting for you, but you know that you also want to do your best in front of them. Mm-hmm. Cause sometimes in the audience, it's like, I can just get out there and have fun, get out there and do what I do. But with your peers there, it's like, I don't want to make any mistakes, but I also want to enjoy myself. That's why I also do better normally when people are in the audience seeing like to see me. Really? Yeah. I had my best show of, like, the um, last performance we did. 1978. Yeah, on Saturday when Zach was there because I knew, like, <clears throat> someone was there. Sometimes when it's just, like, you have a couple, like, especially if you're Nutcracker, when we're doing long, a lot of runs, and, like, no one's been there for a while, I'll, like, I feel like it won't be as um exciting when I'm out there because I'm like, well, like I'm not going to talk to any of these people after I don't know any of them. Mm -hmm. Um, so like sometimes it can lose that like crispness Mm -hmm. where I'm like out there trying to do things extra more so than like just a good sound run. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like I always kind of, I almost prefer when I don't know anybody in the audience because the pressure's off. I mean, like, it's always, like, you're the people on the side who are in the dance are watching you, and, like, your artistic staff is watching you, but when it's no, like, when you don't know anybody in the audience, I feel like it's an opportunity to, like, connect with somebody new for some, mm-hmm. like, it's, you're not having to, to me, it's always about proving yourself, I guess. You're not having to prove yourself to anybody. They're just hmm. people out there, and then you never know if you make a difference if you, like, I'll, like, flirt more with the audience almost. But maybe um, not. Maybe when other people are in the audience that I know, I don't know if there's a huge difference. I definitely get more nervous, but I don't know if my actual performance is skewed mm-hmm. based on that data. I have no idea. But there's yeah. a thought for you. <laughs> there's a thought for you. I don't know. It's 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 an interesting science. <laughs> yeah. Because you never know, like... Like, now I'm thinking about the, the tennis situation where they're, like, there are different courts and the, they're against a different opponent. And, like, sometimes our floor is different or sometimes the lighting is different and the music is, stops. Like, there's always those yeah. kind of external factors. The or one sometimes thing, you're just, like, against yourself. Something that is, like, clearly different for the performance aspect um, with us in those sports is they were talking about how... You either win or you lose. And yeah. so you're either in happy. Tennis, you're almost always losing is what they say. Yeah. You're either happy or you're like ups, really upset. And yeah. like that reminds me though of auditions, like that aspect of it. You go to an audition and you either get talked to, get like considered mm-hmm. or you don't. 
So, and like, we're really good at like reframing things. And like, honestly, I think there's like an aspect of dance where like, we don't get to be dramatic. Like, and I'm not saying that like, they shouldn't be dramatic. Like these athletes, like tennis players and golf Mm -hmm. um, players, but like, after an audition, you look around, no one's going to start crying in public. Yeah. Like, everyone, like, thank you, like, smiles. Thank like, you so much. This experience is awesome. Saying goodbye to their friends that they just saw that they haven't seen in a while in the hallway. Like, super friendly. Like, maybe they'll go in the stall and cry, but most of the time those people are waiting till they leave that building to have a breakdown. <laughs> in, you know, a tennis match, they're breaking their racket. Yeah. It, it's, like, it's okay in sports and in, in sports across the board to freak out i mean there's like a little bit more like in golf you can't really do that as much as some other sports well you'll get docked points in tennis too Mm -hmm. it'll affect your ranking eventually if you if If you if you go too hard with it but like we we don't even like show that we're like not gonna smile like it, it can be extreme but that's one thing i was like the only way that i can see a parallel to that i would see it in an audition setting but in performances it's like even if it wasn't the best performance i feel like for myself i'm not like i either won or lost that you know for people who don't know how like tennis tournaments work it's like a bracket so if you're winning you go on to the next match and then if you're winning you go on to the next match but often you'll like win and then lose immediately and just like you get uh, kind of bumped down the rankings or however it works but um when you're winning you're really winning because you have to win like, when you win the whole tournament, you have to win every single match that you played. It's not like football where you can, like, play certain people. And, and then depending on how you've <coughs> shown up in the rankings, that's how, what takes you to the championship. You have to be undefeated in the tournament to win the tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, like, in football, there aren't. It, it's just it's, it's a different sport. But um, that's what we mean by, like. When you're winning, you're winning, but when you're most of the time, you're losing. Yeah. So it's gotta be like, it's just so up and down. Yeah. Um, I have an interesting concept Hmm. for you for auditions. And it's, it's kind of annoying to me because I feel like I just kind of overcomplicate all my thoughts and anxieties about auditioning and my progression in my career and blah, 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 blah. And sometimes it just takes a second to like remember something simple to just take you out of that. But um, my yogi therapist, Roxy, said this. She's just like, approach the audition as if you've never auditioned before. As if you've never been in the room. You've never experienced rejection. You've never experienced the good. You're just there experiencing the experience. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, approach it with yeah. like, this like childlike kind of curiosity mm-hmm. and see what happens. Yeah. Because I've, I've never really thought about doing it like that. The way I view auditions is very cynical because mm-hmm. I've just, like, haven't had a lot of six. Like, when you're losing, you're losing, which mm-hmm. is, like, for most of us, a lot of our career. Yeah. Um, but when you, like, even just, like, writing an email, I'm, like, before I even sent this email that I sent yesterday, I was like, what have I done in the past that's, like, gotten me a good response, like, with my wording? Like, yeah. it's not worth all of that. Mm-hmm. Approach it as if you are absolutely brand new in this experience. Because kind of each season, you are a new dancer. Mm-hmm. You've developed. You've become somebody new and somebody – you've grown from the person and dancer that you were last season. So why not approach this whole concept 
mm-hmm. with a new perspective. Yeah. No, that's interesting food for thought. Yeah. I She said that to me and I was like, oh, you're right. I am different from last year. It's not going to be like every year before. Mm-hmm. But that's just like part of the dread that was like kind of keeping me from... Yeah, no, I completely understand that, Jared. I remember there was a point where I, like, realized I was going to maybe have to audition again. And it was, like, a while back. And I just, like, I was, like, crying. Like, I was, like... It's like, the anticipation Don't make me, that. like, yeah. you know, when you're a kid. And you're like, no, 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 no. Please, mom, I don't want to go. Um, but I got past that. And, yeah. It's a little hurdle. So if you're having trouble with that, that's what helped me, mm-hmm. at least the other day. Yeah. And it helped me just, like, find – because I'm tired of, like, trying to find motivation, you know, trying to, like, look for the upside. Mm-hmm. Because you know when you're getting into auditions, you know you're not going to get 100% yeses. Oh, like, yeah. That's just the fact of audition season. Yeah. So for me, it was kind of getting hard to be like, okay, I feel motivated to write all these emails and send all this out. Uh-huh. Um, but when she said just like approach it like it's something new, uh-huh. it really clicked for me. So if that resonates with you, I encourage you to roll just, with it. Yeah, use roll that. with it because yeah. it's rare that you feel. I mean, like at least it's rare for me to feel super motivated going into potential rejection. <laughs> yeah, and putting yourself out there after doing it for years so i think some like just hit harder it depends on like how interested you are in certain companies and like how many knows you just got in a row versus mm-hmm. if you got a yes and like for me there's like a lot of things a lot of layers to um if i can handle the rejection at that time or not i think yeah it's always like yeah i remember like last year specifically um I was fine in the beginning and then we got towards the end and I was like every audition I was going to like the last like three I was like no like I need to get a job from this like I don't like I need it and I so like I, I was going chance. into those ones with such desperation like please and like I mean I had some really good auditions in those classes because I was like I this Pushing has to it. be real yeah but like it it sucked like it wasn't a good experience so yeah those are our I guess, fresh thoughts on audition season and being an athlete, being a professional performer. Um, but we, as always, we wish you luck and hope that something <laughs> like this, something I hope that some part of the podcast gets you through your audition and If season. anything, it's a good laugh and distraction. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, let's go to four for nothing. So, there's this phenomena that happens every once in a while when groupthink really takes over. Okay. Everybody shows up in the same colors. Oh, yeah. What do you think that is? I think that we kind of, like, either, like, there's something emotionally tied. There's definitely something emotionally tied to colors, and we're all kind of, or, like, we're tired, and we need to, like, pick ourselves up so we're all going to pick like bright springtime colors or something mm-hmm. or if we're all kind of feeling kind of angry or if we wear red or purple or deep tones to calm us down or something where we're like we're doing classical ballet so I want to wear a black leotard today like what do you think it is 
I would be really curious to like read a study on this because I don't know that much about um, mm-hmm. this particular concept. But um, I do notice that like a lot of times the class will be in like most of the time like three specific colors. Mm-hmm. Um, and it like it changes like it's Wait, not always. What are yours? What are you, yeah, What are the colors? Because I have I have a theory about it too. Oh well, normally I I don't I I don't know if I could say that there were like three specific colors, but there's normally three groups of yeah. colors. So the colors change. So it's like purples, blues, greens, um, reds, and like are like nude browns or dark pinks or something. Yeah, and then pink or like yeah. More like fuchsia. That's one of them? That's one of the groups? And I mean, those are just, like, all of, like, the colors that, like, but, like, they're... Oh, 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 I'm oh. saying that, like, normally there's, like, three blocks of them. Like, you say it's, like, red, green, blue that day. Mm-hmm. But, like, normally the three colors show up. But, like, I, I can't, couldn't oh. predict what it would be. But it's, like, we all somehow end up wearing, like, With three... three kind of yeah. odds for the day. Hmm, that's interesting. I think in general, there's a stronger chance we're gonna wear like, like, uh, cool tones like blues, purples, and that kind of stuff. Everybody cool has tones. those yeah. kinds of colors in leotards, and then there's a strong chance that people will wear like a bright, risky color. And mm-hmm. then there's often a day when we all have like a red leotard on. Like mm-hmm. those seem to me like the three kinds of most common ones. And sometimes, like like today, everybody wore skirts. Everybody was wearing skirts. We don't always. That probably is somewhat like with girls just being synced up in their period. Oh yeah, that too. (laughs) That too. But yeah, there's a thought for you. I didn't wear a skirt today. I I don't even remember the colors people were wearing today. Honestly, it was a lot of light colors, a lot of like pinks and whites. But you know what's funny is I was like, I want to wear pink today. Yeah. But I think I wore black. (laughs) I didn't wear pink, but I think that like the reason behind it was like. I was trying to embrace that we're working on Sleeping Beauty. Oh, so trying to get yourself in the mood. Yeah, trying to get myself in the mood. Like, ballerina, like, come on, like, because we have um, someone in working with us, too, and, like, being, like, open-minded, like, to receiving this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I think I was thinking, like, pink is the color that, like, I associate with Sleeping Beauty. So Mm -hmm. I was, like, trying to get myself to just, like, be more open about the whole thing. Yeah. That makes sense. So I guess it's a variety. And get of excited about working on like very classical ballet. Yeah, yeah. But to me, today, I didn't I was think like, that hard about it. But like now, I'm seeing that. Interesting. I also noticed we all kind of wore today. There were three of us that wore the Yumiko style. I wore it's like a square neck kind of situation. Like mm-hmm. a um, how do you describe this? Like a straight line across the breasticles. And the breasticles. <laughs> and like a yeah. like a two finger a two finger strap kind of situation. It's like um a tank. Yeah, a tank. A tank. But like with like hard lines. Yeah. Um but there are a few of us that went for that silhouette that day. But let us know in the comments if you've noticed any other parts of this phenomena that happens when the company shows up or wearing if you very know similar leotards. A and lot about this phenomenon. Yeah. Give us a phenomenon. Phenomenon. Okay. Your question? Okay, my question is when you are on like a hardwood floor and you have socks on, do you just slide around the house? Because yes. I don't pick up my feet ever if I'm wearing socks. You're a shuffler. For I, just, sure. I just shuffle around the house. And I was thinking about like, that's honestly probably so weird because 
I think when Graham came last week when we were playing the podcast, I like made a conscious effort to like be like, okay, stop shuffling around everywhere you go. Because like a normal person would be like, what? Like, why is she like, she looks like a robot or something. Also, you would not worry about him. The amount of sliding that I do around my house, like, nah, don't worry about it. I just like, I can't even explain it. No, I know what you do because I've seen you in your environment and I know exactly it's, you do like little arms too. Like there's a bit of like a body shake that happens. (laughs) Like why don't I pick up my feet? It's, I don't know, there's something about the sensation. It's like finally you can't, well, for It's like one, more relaxing than walking. I think I'm also like afraid, you know? Like I'm not- To I'm, shuffle? Yeah. No. To no, walk? It's slippery. So I'd rather just like stay connected with the floor. So part of me is like, just stay connected. Stay, keep your hands, on arms, feet, and legs inside the- Okay, um, so you're a shuffler for sure. I'm a slider. Okay, you're a slider. I don't exactly shuffle. You walk, walk, slide. But a, yeah, big dramatic slide I do, to open the I fridge. I do know that, yeah. Yeah. And then a slide to, like, enter the conversation. I'm a spinner, too. Mm-hmm. I spin all the time in conversations. Like, if um, my roommate's sitting at the um, the table or something and I'm mm-hmm. telling her about my day, whatever, I'll do, like, a little spin <laughs> halfway through my description. Then I'll do another spin, and I'm still talking while I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. I think it goes back to that one... Um, uh, the one call it what or one four for nothing forever ago where I was like if you're in a grocery store are you gonna dance down the aisle oh, because yeah. it's open space mm-hmm. and as a performer you must dance <laughs> down the aisle <laughs> the answer is yes always for me so I think it's like when I'm on my platform and I uh-huh. have the talking stick that's what I get to do is I get to spin and slide yeah and you also like move your body side to side when you're <laughs> I'm just I'm a lot me yeah you're you're you use your body a lot when you're talking which. Some dancers really use their body when they're talking, and then some people do that thing where they like uncomfortably like go on like relevé. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Which if we get really used to seeing it, but then I remember my boyfriend met my old roommate's boyfriend, and I was like, "Oh yeah, he's a dancer." I said this after he met him. He goes, "Yeah, I know. He was going up and down on his toes like <laughs> the whole time we were talking." Like, yeah, and I was like. Oh, yeah, if you were a normal person. You'd think that's odd. And, yeah, that's that's strange. Yeah. I, um, oh, what was I going to say? I, when we gave, because I had to speak before um, each time my piece was performed, mm-hmm. I had to give them a little description. I remember Rebecca, as you would remember from the episodes, Rebecca was in town again. She was like, you just do not stand still. Like, you're talking with your arms. You're in, like, a fr- fifth shoulders. position at some point. Like, you're moving around the room. Your legs are just not in one place. Like, I can't. I'm a fidgeter. I need to, yeah. like. It helps me. It helps me, like, find, I think, find a rhythm of speaking or something. Yeah. I mean, I've also diagnosed her with ADHD. So. Yeah. So, that's also that. But, like, even now, I'm like, it helps me find a rhythm. Yeah, I'm doing, like. bouncing up and down. <laughs> yeah. I'm a, I'm a mover. What can I say? I'm a mover. But, um, yeah, that's my answer. Cute little four for nothing. That's a good one. Well, thank you for, um, hearing our tale. Yeah. Listening to our, the tale of the plague. And, um, stay healthy. Yeah. Be safe out there, people. I'm currently eating a cough drop. <laughs> yeah. We had to take a few breaks one for tissues, one for cough drops. You don't want this. Sanitize, mask, what is it? I'll, I'll, I'll leave you with this final stanza of our poem once more in my creepy old lady voice. Listen here, children, and listen up good. That's a good one. Thank you. 
Heed this warning, this must be understood. Wash thy hands and mask thou mug, for this plague shall not be mistaken for some ordinary bug. <laughs> made me like tear up, that was funny. <laughs> um, thank you guys, see you guys next week or when we see ya. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.